Hello, I just want to welcome you to Faith Builders Wednesday night Bible study. My name is uh, Mike, and I'm an elder here at the Faith Builders Church, and I've had the privilege of serving God through Faith Builders Church for pushing 23 years. I'm also a member of Standing in the Gap Prayer Ministry, and we have found that prayer is a wonderful resource, um, and there's power in prayer. But I have the privilege of praying with a bunch of men. We meet early Sunday mornings, and we pray 24-7. Um, this teaching, or this Bible study tonight is uh, what I believe is a spiritual building, a spiritual construction, uh, where we're actually building on our faith. And we'll do that together. I'll be um, reading from Second Peter, uh, the first book, and um, in that, I'm, I have found that it's time to invest in eternity. We have to hear what the Spirit has been saying um, through our pastors, through our bishop, and through Elder Mike, what they've been saying. We have to be aware that it's time to invest in this. It's time to be diligently seeking the Lord. So I'm going to start off by reading Second Peter here. But before I do, I would like to say a prayer. Father, I pray over this study that every word is of you. Holy Spirit, if any word is amiss or misspoken, take it away from the hearts. Open the ears and the hearts of the ones that are meant to hear this study and build their faith. In Jesus' name. Okay, Second Peter chapter 1, 1 through 15 says, Simon Peter, a bondservant, apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Through the knowledge of him, who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in this world through lust. But also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue, knowledge, to knowledge, self-control, to self-control, perseverance, to perseverance, godliness, <clears throat> excuse me, to godliness, brotherly kindness, to brotherly kindness, love. For if, if these things are yours and abound, you will ne never be barren or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted, even blindness, and, his forgot, and has forgotten that he has cleansed us from our old sins. Therefore, brethren, even be more diligent. Make your call and election sure. 
For if you do these things, you will never stumble, for the entrance will be supplied to you abundantly in the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. For this very reason, I will not neglect to remind you always of these things through you and are established in the present truth. Yes, I think it is right as long as I am in the tent to stir you up, reminding you, knowing that shortly I must put off this tent, just as our Lord Jesus Christ showed me. Moreover, I will be careful to ensure you always have a reminder of these things after my decease. In this reading, I want to go back up to Simon Peter, where he says, I am a bond servant and apostle. <clears throat> We've got to look at bond servant. A bond servant is a person who chooses to serve in humility without wages. It's a choice. And you have to be under complete authority of your master. And then apostle in the Greek means one who is sent off. So he chooses to be a bondservant, to serve Jesus Christ without any opinion of his own, and he is sent so he, wherever uh, the Holy Spirit sends him. So it is fact also, we got to look at this as when Peter, he's on his way to uh, being killed. Um, I believe it's um, Emperor Nero that does that. Um, and the Lord told him he's on his way home. Uh, we have to look at that he's reminding us. He mentioned this three times. And it's fact that when something is mentioned three times, it's especially important for us to pay attention to. So we have to pay attention to this scripture. We have to really look at it. And he says also twice diligently. So we have to diligently seek him. Okay, so what I, the points I'm going to go over tonight... Uh, briefly, because I can't really get into a full depth of them, uh, but there will be some understanding here. I'm going to go over some key points. We're going to go over adding to our faith. So I'm going to touch on faith a little bit. Um, we're going to touch on virtue, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness, and love. So in saying that, I'm going to start off with faith. There's really no short answer for faith. Faith is a very personal thing with the word of God and you, and it's, it's an, amazing, an amazing thing that he gave us this measure of faith. But I'm going to read this here. Faith is one of those words that is difficult to tie down to one single definition. Romans 12.3 says, For by grace we have been given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith that God has given you. Romans 1.17 says, For in the gospel, a righteousness from God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as it is written, the righteous live by faith. Here's a popular definition. According to the modern dictionary, faith is unquestioning belief that does not require proof or evidence. In regards to faith found in the Bible, this is simply not true. 
A.A. Hodges, a principal of Princeton Seminary, says, faith must be adequate evidence, else it is mere superstition. Faith is not the opposite of fact, of science knowledge. The evidence of faith may operate differently than those of science, but they are there. Romans 5.1, therefore, since we have just been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And then Romans 14.1 and 2, accept him whose faith is weak without passing judgment on disputable matters. One man's faith allows him to eat everything, but another man whose faith is weak eats only vegetables. Now, I put that scripture in there for our Pastor Matt, you know, something that he can vegetate on. So that's Romans 14, 1 and 2, Pastor Matt. Our bishop in 2012 gave us an acronym for faith. It's forsaking all, I take him. Now, that's something you have to really put some thought to. Because forsaking all, that's giving everything, mind, will, emotions, everything to Jesus Christ and have to uh, make that decision that I take him. Here's a saying, faith is seeing light with your heart and when all your eyes see darkness. Here's another one, faith reminds you that everything will happen at the right and perfect time, God's timing. Here's one for the kids, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> faith is like Wi-Fi. It is invisible, but it has the power to connect you what you need. Let's look at a Bible definition of faith. If you want a short definition of faith, it could be like this, taking God at his word. Okay, it is true that our faith is in God. However, we need to properly know the God we should believe in. We should know how to believe in him. The only way is that he tells us that, how to do it, through his word, diligently seeking him. This is why Paul says in Romans 10, 17, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. This is why church family is important. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing the word of God. Biblical faith is not an unquestioning belief that does not require proof or evidence. It is full of confidence in God's word. Faith accept, accepts God's word, his promises, and his warnings as fact and acts accordingly, since there are many evidences that the word of God is true. This is not blind leap of faith. It is rather intelligent, holy reaction, and wondrous words of God. Now, it is true that faith is much more than mental acceptance. It is something true. It also involves trust, and it involves reliance on something which shows us we actually have four aspects in our faith. And I want to break these out a minute here. This will help show us that, there are, that we need to uh, look into faith just a little deeper and then I'm going to end uh, with faith. Number one, knowledge. We have to have knowledge in our faith. Faith begins with knowledge. It's one that is 
that should be believed. So we have to believe the knowledge that we receive. 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4 says, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preach unto you, which also you have received, wherein you stand, by which you are also saved. If you keep in memory what I preach unto you, unless you have believed in vain, for I delivered you, first of all, that which I also received. Now that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures, that he was buried and that he rose again on the third day, according to the scriptures. So that's knowledge. We have to know that. We have to believe that. Then number two is assent in our faith. Assent is the expression of verbal approval or agreement. The person must also believe that the object of faith is true. To reach this level of faith, one person must know what the gospel is. That's knowledge. And believe it to be true. Psalms 119, 160. All your words are true. All your righteousness laws are eternal. That's imperative. We've got to have that in our faith. Number three is trust. We have to trust refers to a person committed to and reliance upon an object by faith. In salvation, the sinner must know that Jesus died for him and rose again from the dead, and he must accept these facts as true. However, he is still not saved until he relies on the facts and the basis of his personal salvation. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not into your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways, and he will make your paths straight. And number four, we have to have number four in our faith. It's embrace it. John 8, 31, 32. If you abide in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine. Disciple means student. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So in order for us to walk by faith, we have to have knowledge of God, agree with his word, have full trust in his word, and embrace his word. So that's briefly touching on faith. Now, Peter in his message 2 Peter 1, 5 says, Also, for this very reason, given all diligent, add to your faith virtue. Okay, so let's look at virtue. So you can see this is a construction job, and that what we're doing is we're adding to our faith, or we're building something. We're building to our faith. So virtue defined. Virtues are attitude, dispositions, character traits that enable us and be and to act in ways that develop this potential. This, excuse me, they enable us to pursue the ideals we have adopted, like honesty, courage, compassion, generosity, fidelity, integrity, fairness, self-control, and prudence. These are examples of virtues. Virtues are developed. They're not something that come natural through learning, through practice, and intimacy of God's word. I can't express enough how personal this is. You have to be in God's word. Virtues become habits once they are acquired. 
They become characteristic of a person. For example, a person who has developed the virtue of generosity is often referred to as a generous person because he or she tends to be generous in all circumstances. Moreover, a person who has developed virtues will be naturally disposed to act in ways that are constant with moral principles. The virtuous person is an ethical person. In other words, a person that always tries to do what's right and moral. Okay, let's look at fruits of the Spirit. Those are all virtues. Galatians 5, through 26. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. All those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. So in other words, we can go back to bondservant. We can choose to be a bondservant or a slave, like uh, the Apostle Paul said, slave to Christ. And remember, that's somebody who chooses to serve in humility without wages. Colossians says, therefore, as God's chosen, holy, and dearly loved Clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grieves you. That's a big word, forgive. I've seen a lot of lack of forgiveness in this world today. That you may have against, that you may have anything that you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. A virtuous life then is not simply a matter of following moral rules and learning to apply them to specific situations. The virtuous life is also a matter of trying to determine the kind of people we should be and attending to the development of character within our communities and ourselves. So in other words, it's for everyone, through you. Finally, brothers, whatsoever is true, whatsoever is noble, and this is Philippians 4, 8 through 9, whatsoever is right, whatsoever is pure, lovely, admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, Put into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. So we have a diagram um, of, of a wall, and at the bottom of that diagram is faith. So now the, we're building, we're putting a brick on top of that. Virtue, okay? So add to your, add to your faith, which is knowledge, assent, trust, and embracing the truth, Virtue, which is practicing honesty, courage, compassion, generosity, loyalty, integrity, fairness, self-control, and prudence. And saying that, I'm gonna I'm gonna finish here. I just want to welcome you. If you have if you need a church family, we are a phenomenal church family. There's a lot of love in this uh, house, a lot of love in our atmosphere. 
Um, it, we have wonderful uh, Bishop and Pastor Gloria, Pastor uh, Barbie, Pastor Paul, Pastor uh, Matt, uh, elders, wonderful team. Uh, there's, uh, they love on you. They're with you. They stand with you. They help you. This is a wonderful place. And uh, the name of our church is Faith Builders International, and we're at 949 East Bell Road. Now, if you don't know Jesus, I'd like to bow my head here and let's say a prayer together. Dear Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, and I know you love me, and you gave your life for me. I ask your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn away from sin. You, I ask to come into my life, come into my heart. I make you the Lord and Savior of my life. In Jesus' name, we pray together in agreement. Amen. Now tell somebody, activate your faith. Tell somebody about that prayer that you receive Jesus Christ today. Thank you. We'll see you next time when I continue this study.